Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. All right, everyone, got an important topic for you today. Can I lose my salvation or once saved, always saved? And um, I'm just going to tell you up front, there is a lot of division over this because uh, you have two sides. You know, if somebody is more of a Calvinist and how they believe the order of salvation and how salvation works, then they're going to hold the line on you can never lose your salvation. Then there's others on the other side look at a lot of verses and they see how you they believe you might have to abide. You might have to continue. Don't be deceived. And so my hope is uh, I know on either side, you know, they're not going to change because of what I talk about, obviously. But I'm, I'm trying to reach those in the middle. Um, and I might at the end, I'm going to let you know if I've changed my view over this. Uh, what my thoughts are. I'm going to try to unpack everything. But in this case, we've got to go to a lot of scripture. So um, the key is to keep a humble attitude and understand there are different views. You know, this side will say, you know, this side is heretical. If you think you can lose your salvation and this side thinks you're giving permission to sin. If you say once saved, always saved. And they just go back and forth. I mean, it's been, I've seen some, some pretty abusive posts and just the going back and forth. I understand they're passionate about things, uh, especially on salvation, but you have to understand the heart of the, the different groups is uh, to love the Lord. And, and one group reads scripture and another group reads this scripture. And then of course, then whatever belief you fall into uh, in regard to soteriology, you know, salvation, how that works, you're going to you gravitate towards one camp or the other. And as you know, I don't like to get caught up in isms, uh, or camps. I just, you know, what does the Bible say? And then often you do end up obviously in one camp or another. Um, but let me look at some scriptures. This is so important. I'm going to take you through these. I think we've got them here. So let me just walk through this here. Um, number one, live like you can lose your salvation. Okay. Live, live like you can lose it. Cause the Bible talks a lot about if I misspelled anything here, you know, forgive me. I just put this together quickly. Um, the Bible talks about do not be deceived, you know, abide in Christ, walk worthy of the calling, wor- uh, work out your salvation uh, with fear and trembling, not work for it, but, you know, work it out. So I, I just encourage people, hey, live like you can lose it if, you know, if that would help you uh, stay, stay focused and on target. But then also on the other side, we have to remember once saved, always saved is not permission to sin. Once saved, always saved is not permission to sin. So let me camp out on that one for a minute. Um, this group, they're not encouraging. Hey, if you're, you know, if you're saved, um, once saved, always saved, you prayed at 12 years old, man, you're good. Doesn't matter really how you live. Nobody I know on this side is saying that, uh, what they're saying is if you've made that profession of faith, the Holy spirit has come inside of you and you're a believer, then you're, you're saved. You can't lose that salvation. So I want to encourage people on this side, stop saying you're giving people permission to sin because that's absolutely not the case. This side would say, 
If you're living in sin and you just enjoy it and that's who you are, then you're never saved to begin with. So really want to be careful on that. I think a lot of mudslinging is, is going on. Um, now, um, to, to fully understand this topic, you have to understand, um, again, this side believes we'll call this the, the Armenian, Armenian side, Joseph Arminius, John Calvin side. This side believes that, you know, you, you have to, just like you exercised your faith and repented and believed, you have to abide in Christ. You have to persevere. You, you don't want to, you have to, you know, uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You don't want to wander from the truth. So that's what, you know, they're doing here. This side is, it's not about maintaining your salvation. It's resting in your salvation. And I'm going to get into different scriptures about, so you rest in your salvation. You understand that God saves you, set you free. You're a child of God and you can rest in that where this one is, you know, there's a main maintenance program that has to be, um, uh, continued, you know, and there's a lot of scriptures. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. So, um, I've always had the question for this side, Armenians, um, are, well, I got to be careful. Armenians are a group of people. Armenian is Joseph Armenianus. I believe it's A-R-E-M. No, I'm sorry. A-R-M-E-N, uh, in that, that direction where Armenian, a group of people is with an I. But anyway, um, what I've always wondered is, okay, if you have to maintain it, what happens with Alzheimer's, dementia, uh, you know, something where your brain is, is unhealthy or your brain gets messed up or, and you're, you, you know, you, you, you're kind of just stuck and you can't, you can't abide anymore. You can't, um, you know, hold this together anymore. And so that was, that would be my, one of my concerns with this view. I've got some concerns here too. I think, I don't know. Let me see. Let me get through these notes. But in my opinion, there has to be a healthy tension. And, uh, I love reading, uh, Martin Luther and his debate with Erasmus. And he wrote a, a book, The Bondage of the Will. I love that, that book and Luther's position on some of those things. Uh, Augustine and his debate with Plagian, Plagianism. Um, great, great debate as well. Uh, of course, I would lean towards, um, Augustine. And, and it's funny, later on in his life, he was actually on this side early on. I think I have that book. It's called Retractions. He was on this side, and then later in his life, he retracted some of his beliefs. And that's why I'm careful. That's why I'm waiting 20-some years to teach through the end times, you know, in Revelation and Daniel and Ezekiel and Matthew 24, because, you know, you just learn a lot more as you as you, as you you get older in your faith. But there needs to be a healthy tension, I believe. There, there, And that's why this is sometimes difficult, because a healthy tension, um, when, I would, when I would pull heavy equipment, you know, we have breaker bars and binders and huge chains, and you had to have that healthy tension keeping that equipment in place. You couldn't have it too loosey-goosey, and you couldn't have nothing, or the, the equipment would slide off. There's a healthy tension that holds everything together. And um, what happens is, gosh, you know, there there's some warnings here in Scripture. Um, I need to heed these warnings. I need to not be deceived. Uh, be, it, it, Jesus said, you know, be careful, be sober, be vigilant, be sober, be vigilant, lest that day come upon you and overtake you and, and being sober, being vigilant, abiding in Christ, not wandering from the truth. You know, there, there's a tension here, but then there's also this side where I'm a child of God and I can rest in that. And so I think, you know, for me, it's, it's kind of good that, that there's a healthy tension there. God designed it that way, I believe, obviously. Um, so Here's, let's get it. We're going to get into the scriptures right now. 
What we have to remember, this has really helped me uh, over the years, is a lot of the warnings, you know, a lot of scriptures, and I can I can prove this if that this would be a different podcast possibly, but a lot of the scriptures, uh, primarily the warnings, you know, that there's warnings. A lot of those are also addressed to, or primarily addressed to posers. You know what that means? People posing, hypocrite, fake, false, those kind of things. So they're warnings to those people. Uh, we can't just think that the Bible was written, especially in the New Testament, to uh, <clears throat> Christians only, you know, because the language there is is very, very clear that he's writing to people in the church who possibly are not saved or um, maybe reading it later. Look at us today. My goodness, it's the warnings that have drawn unbelievers to true repentance. So you have to remember that. And we don't want to read, uh, we don't want to read into scripture things that are not there. That's called eisegesis. And that's reading into scripture things that are not there, where exegesis is really pulling the scripture apart. And I see a lot of people, um, and I will say primarily on this side, where it's more loosey goosey and they're using some scriptures that they, to try to prove their point that is just, actually out of context and and that's not good so anyway i'm going to get into it keep watching the screen um yeah oh yeah i was going to mention that when the bible talks about don't be deceived you know we've read that a lot uh deception again is also to unbelievers he's writing to unbelievers in in many cases do not be deceived here's a good example first corinthians 6 uh i didn't write down the scripture uh the whole scripture but paul is saying do not be deceived okay is he writing to the to Christians? Well, yes and no. Also unbelievers, because keep reading. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor homosexuality, nor coveting, nor drunkards, nor basically any sinful lifestyle. And that's why we don't put some sin way up here. Oh, you you struggle with that one? Oh, man, you're way up there. No, it's it, Paul just says the, the the fleshly nature, if it's controlling you and dominating you. Um, it, it, all, any one of these sins can come out. And so, uh, he says, don't be deceived. You know, these, the people that practice such things, practice such things. It's who they are. It's their lifestyle. They're unrepentant. Doesn't mean they don't fall now and then. It just means, hey, it's who I am. It's my lifestyle. <clears throat> he said, do not be deceived. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I personally don't think that's to Christians because <clears throat> a Christian won't practice those things. They might get caught. Like uh, I heard a story where a lamb and a pig both get stuck in the mud, but the, the lamb cries out. It hates its miserable condition and pulls itself out and gets out. And sometimes it might go, but it hates it where the pig wallows in it and enjoys the mud. And, and, and even leads others in. And so there's, see, they both fall into the mud. They both fall into the sin, but look at the heart. So I think that verse is warning unbelievers. Hey, don't be deceived because many of you are deceived. You're living these lifestyles and you're not going to heaven. And so I, I, I can't use that one for believers necessarily. But again, good warning to believers to make sure they're not falling into these patterns. So, um, let's look at, I'm going to go ahead and put it on the screen here. Now we can uh, jump into this a little bit. Second Thessalonians right here. Second Thessalonians, uh, and with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perished. Here's the key, because they did not receive the love of the truth. So because these people did not receive the love of the truth, they lived in deception. 
And also when James says, be hearers of the word and not doers only because you'll live in deception. So a lot of unbelievers are hearers, but not doers. So they live in deception. Um, so what they did, they did not receive the truth of the love that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion. See, who is God sending strong delusions to? Unbelievers, those who reject the truth. <laughs> Boy, that, that's, that's happening today, is it not? That they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth. See, it did not believe the truth. He's not saying they fell away from the truth in second Thessalonians there. And then, um, of course, the famous one, Hebrews six, as many of us know, many of you know, therefore leaving the discussions of the elementary principles. So he's talking here about, you know, the basic things of the faith. Um, he goes on to verse four, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God. You know, if they fall away, my goodness, there is no way you can renew them again to repentance. And then you have James five here. If anyone wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner back from the air of his way saves the soul from death. Galatians. Uh, five here talks about, you know, falling from grace. Uh, you have become estranged with Christ. See here, you see here at the bottom, um, you who attempt to be justified by the law. So you're trying to justify yourself and you become estranged. Uh, Romans 11, eight is talk 11, 18 is talking about cut off, uh, from salvation. Again, these are for your own benefit. You can read these here. Um, at your convenience. And then what happens is um, we get into the um, another one. I forgot to read Revelation 22. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy regarding, you know, revelation, God will take away his part from the book of life. So, you know, there's some strong warnings. Actually, I want to read to you. I want to show you this too from second Peter. See if I've got, um, let's see here. Yeah, it's going to be Second Peter. I'm going to read it from the NIV. Um, just to upset some people. No, just kidding. So let me pick up Second Peter chapter two if you have that. Um, and let me let me just show you here. So, I mean, the whole chapter is about uh, false teachers and their destruction. My goodness, you want to know a lot about false teachers? You know what they do? They're arrogant. They're boastful. They're lascivious. They um, they have empty, boastful words. They lead people astray. Um, but then here we go. It says, verse 20, if they have escaped the corruption of the world. Okay, so false teachers is a context. Nobody's going to disagree with that. So if they escape the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Christ. Okay, that's interesting. And they are now again entangled in this false teaching, false doctrine, and overcome, they are worse off than at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to even know the way of righteousness than to know it and then turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the proverb is definitely true. A, a dog returns to a vomit, to its vomit, and a sow, which is a pig, wash returns to the wallowing in the mud. So, you know, that's some pretty interesting language there. I'm, I'm hoping to unpack here in a minute. Um, but let me show you also now some of the other verses on the other side. I'm going to go through these quickly. You can look these up. That's why I put them on the screen here for you. Uh, John 10, 
I give eternal life uh, to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. You know, my father has given them to me and uh, he is greater than them all. No one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. Now, the context could be, you know, the father giving Jesus those original disciples. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I think it has to do with all things. First, uh, John. Um, you know, I've written all of these to you that you believe and that you know, you know that you have eternal life. And then Ephesians one, you can read these again at your convenience. Um, what, what I like here is, and I don't, you know, I don't read this as a part. I mean, I don't have a degree in, uh, Greek, uh, Greek, the Greek language and, and I don't speak Greek, but you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit. Okay. And the Holy Spirit is given to you as a pledge of your inheritance. So, can you open that, like break that seal? I mean, that's the you know question there that people would have. So Ephesians six, if we would have kept reading Ephesians, we would have got this uh, as well. He who uh, we who have take taken refuge would have strong encouragement to lay hold of the hope that's set before us. So you lay hold of that hope. This hope in Jesus is an anchor to our soul. And then Ephesians four thirty, of course, popular um, that you were sealed for the day of redemption. So you're actually sealed by the Holy Spirit again, when till the day of redemption. And of course the famous verse, uh, Hugh began a good work and you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So what are we to do with this? And I read second Peter uh, as well for you. So let me, let me explain what I do. Okay. If this, this might help a little bit. Um, let me see where we're at back on the verses here. So what I would do, this will help if I give you this type of analogy. Um, and I'm going to go back and forth on the verses so I can go, go through them quickly again. So here we go. I've got this here. And here's, here's how I look at that. Okay. So let's go, let me go through the scriptures here. Uh, and you can, you can watch what I'm doing. So you get an idea. Okay. Hebrews six. Uh, you know, if it's impossible for those who are enlightened, tasted, partook of the heavenly gift of God, of the Holy Spirit, and they tasted the good word of God. Um, and if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, you know, you might as well forget it. You're not going to renew them again to repentance. So, you know, I, I would I would put a coin on that side of it. However, personally, I don't think enlightened, tasted, um, partook. Those are things Judas Iscariot did. And uh, I don't believe he was a true believer. And so I don't, I, I see this as language that's not even used anywhere else in regard to salvation. It's, it's tasted and enlightened. You partook, you saw. And if you, after all that turn away, then there is no repentance for you. So I actually wouldn't, wouldn't put a, a coin on that side. Also, that's basically saying if you're a believer and you fall away and now you're no longer a believer, you can never come back to God. Ever. And that's, you know, how people would read that. And let's say James, um, if anyone wanders, uh, from the truth, he's, he, he, and someone turns him back, you know, you just saved a soul from death, you know, uh, not quite because that context is if you get sick, praying and repentance and you're sick because of sin. And if you turn that person from, the sickness that could lead to death because of sin. If you turn them away, you save them from, I believe, a physical, a physical death. Um, you save that soul from death. However, if you want to say, no, it has to do with eternal salvation. I'll, I'll, I'll throw that in there. Galatians, when it talks about falling from grace, 
Um, I don't believe that has to do with salvation. He said, you've become estranged from Christ because you're, you have Christ, but now you're attempting to justify this relationship by following the law. And because of that, Christ is not everything. You're, you're also following the law. So there's an estrangement. It doesn't mean you're divorced. You're estranged from him. You need to repent of that and come back to him. So I don't think that has to do with falling from grace. It has anything to do with salvation. Romans eleven eighteen. the whole context is being grafted in. The Jews rejected Jesus. Gentiles were grafted in. And he talked about in Romans 11, I think it's um, around verse um, you know, 19, 20, 21, cut off from salvation uh, is, and they fell from grace. But Barnes in his commentary, he said this, if thou dost continue in a state of favor, that is your faith and good conduct shall be, shall be such as to make it proper for God to continue his kindness towards you. Christians do not may merit the favor of God by their faith and good works, but their obedience is an indispensable condition on which that favor is to be continued. So cut off from favor, cut off from, from God's um, sovereign control. You know, he, he's always in control, but you're not cut off from salvation. You're cut off from the favor of God. However, if you don't agree, Hey, let's give you another coin here on the, you can lose your salvation side. And then revelation about blotting your name out of the book of life. Um, Barnes note, Barnes notes commentary also said this, um, when it said God would take away his part in the book of life, the meaning is not that his name had been written in that book and then taken away, but that he would take away the part which he might have had or which he professed to have in that book. So to me, that scripture isn't, you know, you're, because then are you written in that book? Uh, everyone's written in that book before they're born and then you can be removed from that book. And, and so that, that's, a, that's, I, I wouldn't say you can lose your salvation based on that one alone. Um, now the one in Peter, Peter's pretty interesting. You know, if they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled. So basically to did they know him intellectually? Um, let's, you know, you, you, let's see, are they reading it this way or am I reading it this way? If they have escaped the correction, a corruption of the world because they knew about Jesus Christ, they knew that they had to turn, they knew they had to repent, they, they were looking for the truth, they were led, they were considering, they were tasting, they were enlightened. You know, if they fall away, if they become entangled again in the things of the world, uh, they're worse off in, at the end than they were at the beginning. However, you know, if if that means that they knew the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, you're not reading. You have to put it back. If they say you knew the Lord Jesus Christ and you got entangled again in the things of the world and you begin to drift from God, reject God, then it's going to be worse off for you at the end than it was at the beginning when you didn't know him. So, you know what? I'll just just for you guys, I'll give you I'll give you one on this side um, because that's compelling. For sure. Um, and the reason there's different views, I'm, I, I explained it earlier, of course, if you're, you're following earlier. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a Calvinist, you know, God does a drawing, God does a saving, God does the uh, irresistible grace. God, it basically, you're, you're, you're just walking. You have no plan on becoming a Christian. God puts the Holy Spirit within you, their order of salvation. Then now you can repent and believe. So there, of course, there's no way you're going to lose that at all. And then the other side would believe that man repents. He, he does have the ability, even in his fallen nature, he does have the ability to repent and believe. And he does that. So now he's a child of God, but because he did that, 
could it then follow suit that he could also forfeit that later? Uh, like, like reject God later. And so to me, that would be like mental gymnastics. You know, you're like, uh, not saved. Now I'm saved. And, and, um, you, you don't have to be scared to lose your salvation because if you're abiding in, in the vine, you're following after Christ, you're, you're seeking him. I, we, I always tell people, uh, live like you can lose it, which I mentioned before, you know, live like you can lose it and don't worry about it. You're, you're secure in Christ and, um, God will, God will hold you. He, he holds everything together. And so that's why there's different views, though. This side believes that God quickens you. You have the Holy Spirit. Now you can believe. And Calvinist and the other side, free will. And if you exercise your free will, that means you can re-exercise or withdraw, I guess, uh, forfeit. You could forfeit your salvation. And so that's why you have these two opposing views. And I like to, I personally believe, um, I like to look in the middle and not gravitate towards one side or the other. So what I would do is I would look back at these, these scriptures that I told you. Um, John 10, that Jesus gives eternal life to people and they never perish and no one will snatch them out of his hand. No one. Now people might say, well, you can snatch yourself out of his hand. I don't think so. I mean, this is the language here. You have eternal life. No one's going to snatch it out. Boom. End of story. And then also, I didn't mention that scripture, but he who began a good work in you, you know, might complete it. And if you follow Christ wholeheartedly and if you stay and obey and you don't fall back, you know, no, he will. He who began that good work in you, he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So there we go. Uh, First John, um, you have hope uh, that you have hope and have eternal life. Okay. Uh, maybe I won't give a coin for that one, but Ephesians, when it talks about you were sealed with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is a pledge. It's, it's so, so if you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, how do you, un, how, how do you unseal that? And here's why I'm going to explain it. So I'm going to, I mean, I got to give a coin on this side. Here's, here's, this will make sense. I believe the Bible teaches and lots of scripture that this would be, this would be a whole nother podcast that you are, when you're born again, you are from death. Now you're going from death to life, from darkness to the light, a child of the devil, a child of God. You have the Holy, you rejected the Holy Spirit. Now you have the Holy Spirit living within inside of you. So obviously an incredible, miraculous work of God's spirit has been wrought. The old saints would say, uh, has been done, has been, has been, um, has you've been born again, a supernatural act by God. I think we can all agree on that. So once that supernatural act takes place, I don't think a person by his own will, by his own rejection can, can reject that can, can break the glue of that supernatural act because it's a supernatural act. That's what holds everything together. Well, what about Christians who drift? Yeah, that's a boy. You, you give, you give the devil an inch. He'll take a mile. You start to feed your flesh like you used to. It's going to take you down. You start to open that door with drugs, alcohol, porn, whatever it is. You open that door again now, but see, now you're in a battle. Now you're fighting. Now you're the prodigal son. Now you're miserable. Now you're the wayward daughter. Now you're miserable. And, and God, I want to come back to you. So see, that's the difference. You know, the pig enjoys the mud, the sin, the lamb in the mud cries out and says, help me. And so just because a person begins to drift or, 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 but, and now if that person begins to drift, 
They they just reject God. I don't believe in that. What a joke. They blasphemy. I, I would even I would I would say that person was never saved to begin with because the Holy Spirit within them, once you have the Holy Spirit, I don't think the Holy Spirit, you can have the Holy Spirit leave you because you're indwelled. Epi comes upon or inside of you, E-N, a preposition, E-N, the Holy Spirit, after he's alongside of you, he's in you. Hopefully you're praying that he comes upon you because that's a powerful move of God's spirit. And now the supernatural act of God. And so if I read these scriptures, many of these scriptures, even though I gave you some quarters on this side, um, I would say a lot of that has to do with people who don't genuinely know him or they get entangled. Uh, now there are strong warnings and I thank God for the strong warnings. Can you imagine if it said, Hey, once saved, always save your good. I mean, people would just, so that, that healthy tension of, you know, uh, and, and again, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know exactly. Um, you know, if, if you take Ephesians 430, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, and you were sealed for the day of redemption mentions it again. You know, that, that's why I lean on, lean on this side. And then what I just said that salvation is a supernatural act of God that you repented and believed and engaged faith. And now you're, you're sealed. The supernatural act of God takes place. You're not, you're not undoing that. It's a supernatural act of God. So that's why I believe based on my reading of scripture is why a person couldn't lose their salvation. Um, now again, there's some scriptures here. A good warning. Some of you might put, you know, you might put more quarters on this side and you might not agree with that, but I think we can all agree, uh, that there, there's a healthy tension here. Scripture, man, you're, you're secure in Christ. You're a new creation. God's got you. The gift of the Holy Spirit. You're sealed until the day of redemption. Um, nobody can snatch you out of his hand. What can separate me from, from, from the love of God? Paul said, neither height nor depth, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, nor things that are present, angels created things. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Whew, man. And then you have, if you abide in me, if you abide in me, if you don't wander from the truth, you know, if you become entangled again, um, if you're a, a steward of mine and now you begin to beat the fellow servants and get drunk and, and begin to walk away and reject me, I'm going to serve you a, your portion with the hypocrites. And if you begin to, um, uh, you know, reject the truth and fall, you know, you know, so there's a healthy tension here. So here's the key. I would not worry about this whatsoever. Oh, here's another point. I don't know if I made it. I, f- I forget. But um, on on this side is. So what keeps me saved? My, my faith, my, my mindset, my mental capacity. What about if I get dementia, Alzheimer's, um, mentally sick, brain disease? And I'm just, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm the apostle Paul or Elisha, or you're just like, you, you're just out, out there. Drugs have messed you up. So now you're going to lose that salvation because you couldn't maintain it. So that's why, again, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards this side, but I, again, I encourage people, Hey, the warnings are there. You better not wander. Um, but my point was there's security in this security in this God, You're not going to just lose your, lose your salvation. Like you lose your car keys. You know, you're, 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 you're strong in Christ, but the Bible says work out your salvation with fear and trembling, not work for, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So hope this episode of, oh, that's kind of funny where I put it here. Um, hope this episode of Idleman Unplugged was helpful and talking about salvation. And, uh, I, I, I don't even use the term, you know, lose your salvation. 
um, because it does it does give the mean it does give the impression like losing your car keys. But you know, friends of mine have got friends, great solid Bible teachers, no more than I do, believe you you can forfeit it. You know, you're following God, but if you don't keep abiding, you don't keep you know you you get out of spiritual disciplines, you get bored with God. And I don't know how that's possible, but, and then you begin to reject his word, little compromises come in. And you see a lot of these major Christian leaders falling from this, uh, rejecting their, their faith. I remember I was reading that book, I kissed dating goodbye, you know, 20 years ago. And then now come to find out he kissed Christ goodbye, you know, and, and this worship leader here. But you have to wonder, you know, did these people, a lot of people have intellectual knowledge because you can go, you can be a pastor, you can go to seminary, you can lead a church, you can know about God. Hey, here's what the Bible teaches. Uh, Here's what I I believe. Here's what you need to do. But you don't have an internal relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't. You've never repented and had the fire of the Holy Spirit come upon you. So anyway, that's it in a nutshell. I would you know try to find the the, the balance there. Sit, resting in Christ. I'm secure in Christ. But you know I want to I want to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. Interesting. It uses those two words. So I think because the battle lines have been drawn, the attack of the enemy is hardcore that we've got to be alert in this area. And if they didn't have strong warnings, here's probably what would happen. You know, you're once saved, always saved. You're child of God. Okay, well, hey, I'm good. So now I can go live this way. I can destroy my testimony. I can destroy my family. I can destroy my life. But hey, I'm saved. So I think it has a healthy tension there for a reason to keep us, you know, on that straight and narrow, uh, no pun intended, choose today the narrow path, right? Because brought his way to destruction. So as always, want to encourage you, if you've never made that decision to trust in Jesus, make it today. It's not about head knowledge. It's about heart knowledge. It's about repentance and brokenness and humility saying, Lord, I believe in you. You paid the price of, of, of the penalty of sin and death. I'm trusting in you and I repent of my sin and Christ come and save me. And, and he will do that. This I know for the Bible told me so. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidelman.com. Again, that's shaneidelman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as 
answers for a confused church and desperate for more of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these eBooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.